I met a man He was a good man Sailing and shoring Dancing the beta can-can Making the foreign Ah oh, yeah Hey, this is I Hate LA, where we talk to artists and actors and writers and musicians. And today is a super special day. We have Kate Micucci, the Kate Micucci in here. She talks about her life here in LA, how she got started. Kind of our paths have all been intertwined. She's an actress, a comedian, singer, songwriter, artist, philanthropist. You know her. It's Kate. It's Kate Micucci. This is I Hate LA. I been friends forever and and here she is kate micucci i I, it just feels like hey like i don't we haven't seen each other in a little while so it's been probably over a year so this is like the perfect opportunity to like see what's going on with you and hang out (laughs) thanks for having me well no welcome to i hate la uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I, I just asked you, uh, do I have to talk about how I hate L.A.? Because I love L.A. And that is what's been happening. Yes. Because everybody's kind of like, wait, I kind of love it. It's kind of working out great. It's I've always loved it, even when it wasn't working out great, even yeah. in the hard times. Like, I think uh, I I had I I had never been in love. When, when I moved here, I was 20. I had never been in love, so I but I had heard that when you really are in love, you even love them for their faults. You know, it's like something people <laughs> say. And I remember thinking that about Los Angeles. Is I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, this place isn't perfect, but I just love it. Like, it can't, you know, it, like, there's just nothing. It's, it's a. Uh, You're too cute. It's the same. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't need a car when I moved here. I'm not going to get a car. I said, and, and like all these things and like, but it kept like going and then like expanding and then you have these days in LA that are just like I can't believe that just happened I can't believe I just met this person yeah I can't. and it, it just kind of like snowballs like it never kind of gets old it keeps just growing you know and how long I've been here for like 15 16 years already now and it just still it's like man yeah, this town is insane, and in how much it changes, and it's crazy. I've been here for sixteen years. We, I'm sure we'll get into this, but our our paths have been very similar. I think P- there's been some very early on. There was crazy parallels. Yeah, r- ridiculous. <laughs> but I think also like uh, I when I first moved here, I I went to co- I came here for college. So I think that. Um, moving to LA within uh, like going I'm going to college I have you have built in a built in social scene I actually didn't have a car I couldn't afford a car but yeah. also I was like I'm going to school I probably won't need to drive around too much which kind of was the case except that I went to Loyola Marymount University and at the time they put all the transfer students which I was a transfer student they put us in a airport hotel because Loyola is by the airport. And so, um, and it was a working hotel. So all of the transfer students were on like this one, in this one Your wing. dorm room was in a hotel yes. by the airport? And we got room service, which was cool, but also it was, you know, it was not a great hotel. No, It's been torn real? down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I, <laughs> I had a skateboard and I was an art major. So that was really kind of tricky. But then they would also, you could hop on the airport shuttle that would take people to the airport and then to school, which is kind of comical. Uh, they had students there for a few years. And then what I heard was a murder happened in the ho- in the hotel, not yeah. unrelated to the school. Thank goodness, not no, not a student, but some kind of shady thing happened. And so they got all the students out of there. And then the hotel since been torn down. But uh, 
But yeah, so my first time living in LA, I'm like living in a hotel, like a rock star. Like, you know, it just felt like that. Um, You're from Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania. So it's like, yeah. It, but I, I am. Yeah, and I thought, uh, well, I was a really sheltered, sheltered kid, and something just really pushed me out here. I needed some outside weird yeah. force to go, you're. You're leaving your family. You're leaving because I was so close. I mean, I am so close to my family, yeah. but I was going home every weekend when I was in college. I was I went to art school in Pennsylvania and went home every weekend. Just wanted to hang out with my mom and dad. I didn't date. I didn't really know how to grocery shop for myself. I didn't know how to like even like wash my own clothes. Like I just like I had been, you know, just in this safe bubble within the home unit that I grew up in. And so I needed a kick in the butt, and that was moving to Los Angeles. And I remember when I told my mom and dad that I was going to L.A. to go to school, they, my mom said, well, we can't pick you up every weekend. Because, by the way, I didn't drive when I was in Pennsylvania either. My mom would drive an hour to my school and pick me up and then take me home for the weekend and take me back, which is really sweet when I think of it. But uh, I just needed to grow up. I yeah. wasn't – I was a kid. When I first – I was 20 – or no, 21. I was 21 when I moved to LA. But I uh, I was, I could have been 14, yeah. you know? And and then I remember my first day of school, I was like, I'm going to have like a really cool outfit. Like I'm going to look, <laughs> I'm going to look LA. So I had a black mini skirt. Oh, yes. yeah. I had a green t-shirt from The Gap that had three little green sequins. It was very early 2000s. And uh, a black purse that was like over my shoulder. And I had just gotten a cell phone, like one of those giant brick Nokia. And I remember, and oh, by the way, this is so sweet. Sandals that were my mom's because my mom's like, well, you're moving oh. to California and you're going to need like sandals. Some so take flops. my sandals. Yeah. Like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And so I, my mom gave me her sandals. Oh. And so I'm walking down the, I remember like the main, it's Loyola Marymount is a beautiful school. And I'm walking down the like sidewalk in the main court er, courtyard area. You have the 90210 theme song like in your head. I, I'm just feeling it, right? I'm like, I, and I remember having this moment, like, I think I fit in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is great. And then. And uh, just as I had that thought, this girl goes, you're not from here, are you? Oh, yeah. I was like, busted. I remember the feeling of like, oh. <laughs> you're a Drew Barrymore movie. You're just yeah. To life here. You're like, oh. It really was like that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we met, I guess, shortly thereafter, kind of through art. You, I, and I remember this distinctly because we were at our friend Nick's house. Nick. Yeah. Nick, the pizzeria guy. My wife still has such a huge crush on him. Nick He's is like, really hot. <laughs> yeah, he was like the 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 hot guy at the pizzeria. I was working at the Mocha Across bookstore, the gift store. I needed a job that I could walk to because I didn't have a car. And uh, I took my like Bachelor of Fine Arts education into the art bookstore. And I was like, can I have a job, please? And they're like, yeah, sure. And uh there was Nick across the street making pizzas every day, and so we kind of met through. Yeah, and, and then so he he wanted to have like an art night. So do you remember at all? Yeah, this and, at this it was that was that your house? Or no, it's his house. Ho- yeah, like, his I didn't know house. if it was Nick. Yeah, that that like big scary. Yeah, I just had. remember feeling like I was like it was a Venice kind of dirty Venice it when, party. It was when Venice was dirty mm-hmm. or much much dirtier. And um, you had the cutest drawings and like paintings and illustrations and stuff. And then I showed you some of my work, and it was like, and then I was like, 
you should be an actress. <laughs> You're like the way you talk and your eyes and the way like, yeah, I mean, these, these paintings are really good. And, but, and you're like, well, I did this one commercial one time for movie phone and, um, it was right. Yeah. And, that was my first commercial. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. And so, well, rest is history, but. Well, I mean, it's crazy. I, so yeah, I had, I did that commercial. I was, I didn't know how to get into acting uh-huh. and commercials ended up being my kind of road into it. Um, everybody's road is so different, I feel like. But uh, but then about a year into doing commercials, which th- for some reason in my mind, well, it was. It was just I had an easy time. It was, it was right when commercials flipped from being all very beautiful people to all very kind of like quirky odd looking people and I lucked out and that <laughs> yeah, I was like the- yes <laughs> and uh and it hasn't changed commercials are still it's that true. way and um but pro- like it just I was just on that shift and so I kind of caught that wave and I was like this is so easy you walk in you audition they say come back tomorrow for a second for a callback yeah. you go for that and then you get the job like it just seemed that easy to me and so I did hit a point where you know it, it got hard. And then I was like, oh, okay, now I know what people were saying. Yeah. But I just had a lucky string of commercials. and But I think when I met you, I probably had just done maybe one or two. And then uh, after a year of doing a lot of commercials, I thought, well, this I should audition for TV. Yeah. And, and I should take an acting class. And so that was the class that I think I then recommended to you. Yeah. And But then I got my first actual – I got, a, I got a, an agent for – for acting, and my first audition was for a sitcom, and it was my dream to be on a sitcom. And you helped me with my audition, and you helped me run my sides. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. And and we were running it, running and running it, and then I went in and I got the part. And so I was like, again, it was like my first, you know, theatrical audition. You know, it was first time auditioning for something other than a commercial. Yeah. Here we are, just these like young twenty something, whatever. And I did my art, but I but I wanted to be an actor, and you do your well, you're an actress, but you want to do your art. Well, there was just, we just had all this in common. You yeah. Know? And it was just kind of like, okay, well, here we are. And and so you started just booking everything left and right. And I don't know what came first, Scrubs or Four Kings, but I remember. Four Kings. That was the one that you helped me audition for. So Okay, because, so this is the one that you got. And yes. you arrive on set. And well, there's like. Well, before that, yes, because I know what you're going to say, and this was insane. <laughs> yeah. But before that, I, I was only supposed to be in one episode. And then uh, Max and Dave, who they do Will and Grace, and now they've brought Will and Grace back. It's amazing. But they created Four Kings. And I got a, a bunch of laughs at the table read, and, and then they said, you know what? We're, I think we're going to have your character come back. And so this was the best news. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Now, So I probably did I did the rest of that season. And I believe it was like maybe five episodes in. I walk on set. It's like tape day, so the whole set's been dressed for the taping. Yeah. And I walk in, and like my jaw goes kajoo because <laughs> your paintings are hanging in the yeah. set. It was amazing. And I didn't know my paintings were hanging. Uh, you know, so you called me, and I was like, "What do you mean? Like, did you put them there? <laughs> <laughs> did you tell them to do that or something?" And you're like, "No." So that was the, that was just a cute story. I just couldn't believe that, and I was so happy for you. And I went to the taping. Yep. That was the first and only taping I've ever been to. They, they're long. There's- and that show is funny because nobody knew what it was. It, it wasn't on TV yet, and people still don't know what it was. It didn't last long on television. But, it, uh, you know, it's hard to get audiences, and they would get uh, 
they would get people from jail to come <laughs> and be in the audience. I thought so. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like, you know, good behavior program or something. Well, there was like, me, the and, seats. me and my friend Johnny, I don't know if you remember. And so we're sitting there and there's like, what do you call it? Like the barker, like the guy that tries to like get everybody to like in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Just and, and, and so he's up. asking everybody what they do. And, and so he asks me, he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a painter. And then my friend Johnny, he's a farmer. Yeah. And my friend, I'm a farmer. And he's like, what are you guys from like the 1800s? Or <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, I guess. I don't know, just to get, yeah, so. I remember, and we went out after, we all went with the cast to get some food. I remember that whole day, all of that. That was so exciting. It was, it was so exciting, and everything was so, so new that I think that, uh, it's just like in my brain in such a different Seth way. Seth bought us all dinner. He yeah, he's nicest. such a great guy. And I, okay, so wait, I just realized in our journey, I've skipped a piece, which okay. was, I knew I wanted to get into acting. I didn't have an agent yet. Yeah. So prior to Four Kings, by a few months, uh, and you said my my cousin is your yeah. cousin is yeah. a casting yeah. director, and so we interned at her. Yeah, office. I'm like, come on in for Ronnie Yuskel, and uh, I was working on uh, like uh, three or four pilots with her at the time. It was pilot season, Crazy. and it was insane times. And yeah. I'm like this is. You're the only one that ever worked out, by the way, because I would like bring in headshots and people and friends and and. But I'd, of course, here's Kate, and you just you light up a room like nobody I've ever met. You don't have oh, to say crazy. anything. No, everybody, you just have this genuine quality that's so intangible. It's like so unique. You walk in there, a casting, a busy casting office with headshots. You know, to the root to the ceiling, and and everybody just kind of like like the record, you know. <laughs> stick, and and Ronnie goes, "Who's that?" She doesn't have her. Uh-huh. I think by 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 the end of the day, you had a theatrical agent. Yeah, that was right around the time I was really looking to. I needed help in getting one, and I was asking around. I you know I didn't know anybody, but that was really helpful. Like knowing you and knowing that working in that office for I think probably a matter of a few weeks during pilot season. Yeah. One of my jobs, and I'm sure you were doing the same, was we were filing yeah. these headshots, and it was still before. It was kind of right before the internet took over everything. So yeah, people it had, had to have been carry, like 2005 or six. Yeah, 2005. I think. Think. Yeah, and so so we're you know filing these headshots, and I'm you know organizing, and I don't know if I was alphabetizing or what it was, but I was just spending hours with just piles of these yeah. people who want to be actors, and yeah. I I remember thinking, and I look back, and I'm like, I it really was a thing that pushed me forward because I was like, wow, like this should be something that scares me, but instead I see a pile of people, and nobody really looks like me, so I think I have a shot, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I just remember feeling hopeful, <laughs> so. Uh, well, yeah, everybody thought that about you, but to boot, that's fine that you you look a certain way or, or you, you're you're castable, but. Kate, you're like the most talented person I've ever met in my whole life. <laughs> no. Like, how do you do what you do? You, I, I mean, when you started emerging as an artist, and and you were putting together your your show, your your one woman show at the Steve Allen Theater, um, which I saw I think three or four times. Thanks for coming. Um, it was like this is you, you know you're, you're th- this is special. This is like, and I remember sitting next to. Tish, Letitia. Yeah. And she's crying. She's just really it during that. Gosh, one, I think of her um, so much. It was a, a, a fellow acting class. Uh, yeah, and she, she, she was so. She's such a great girl. I haven't talked to her in forever. And when you're when you when you're at the piano, because you're a little torn between your comedy and your more serious, serious songs, you know, yeah. sensibilities on the piano, and 
I, you know, I remember just and and you wanted to put out a CD and stuff, and I go, you know, you, you this is you, and you know, all of it. So put out all of it, you know. And yeah. the best comedians always have that vulnerability that we all want to hear. You're not a clown, you know. Even though I think you were casted as one once, <laughs> I was. You're right. I, I well, actually, I worked as a clown for about two weeks, and I also was cast as a clown one time for a made-for-TV movie um, for the Oxygen Network, starring Eric Estrada and Mario Lopez. It's called Husband for Hire, and if ever you get a chance to see it, saw it. It's it amazing. Quality. <laughs> yeah. it might be on iTunes. I don't know yeah. if you're out there. Oh man! But I, so I just remember, you know, you and that show, and that was. That was you. I don't. I don't know if you agree, but that was you, kind of coming out as a performer, and it was just like. Yeah, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like I, there, there were. Well, yeah, you did. You designed the whole stage, and you kind of just did the whole show, and you just kind of did it. Maybe your naivete was like helpful, or I think it was, and also I had nothing to lose. I think when you're starting out, that's the most yeah. amazing thing is nobody knows who you are. You don't. I mean, like, the first time I performed on the stage with Steve Allen, I did a bit with these puppets, and I made out with these puppets. And I, like, and then I, like, today I'd be terrified if I was like, <laughs> I have to make out with puppets? What? But, like, there's just no fear when you're starting, because there's just, you're free, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, there was a lot of just me just going, I'll try this, sure. I didn't have a lot of fear, and I was so excited. More than anything, I just wanted to share my songs. I wanted to share my stories. I've kind of always been like that, where if I make something, I have to show people. I remember even in college, like if I wrote a song, I would like knock on the, the, the dorm across the hall and be like, guys, you got to hear this thing I just yeah. made. Like, So it was a chance for me to do that in a bigger you know, space and with a, with a lot more songs and stories and puppets and... Yeah, I was. It was kind of the beginning, and I and that and that kind of a magical thing. The very first time I did my show, which is called Playing with Makuchi, it was a pun on, or I don't know, whatever. It's a dirty, dirty title for a not dirty show with puppets and songs that kids could come to. But uh, but yeah, I I got my first movie that very first day I did the show. So a big, big movie that was When in Rome, which was that Disney movie with Kristen really? Bell. So what a day! It was my birthday. It was my twentieth birthday. My parents birthday. saw that in the movie theater. By they the way. did. <laughs> yes. Parents are so sweet. <laughs> They're like, that's we went so to go nice. See Kate's movie. Yeah, yeah that's it. a that's a crazy movie. It's so funny. I you know and you again. Tell me you like hang out with Kristen Bell and you I like, no we, we I have I saw her not she long ago. Seems, we ran into each other. They, well, they seem as a couple. They branded themselves phenomenally as like they're great couple. Yeah, and oh so sweet. Like two of the they nicest people. So sweet. But it was funny because they had just kind of just begun dating when we were shooting that movie. So uh, I, I remember thinking, oh wow, like. They seem in love. <laughs> that's uh, that's cool. Meanwhile, yeah. I was dating the craft service guy. Serious. Um, <laughs> seriously. But I uh, not seriously dating, but that is a true story. Serious. <laughs> um, so, yeah. but yeah, I think uh, that that movie was amazing because I got to go to New York. I was dirt broke. Like I was doing any kind of job. I was teaching piano. I was teaching sandcastle building. Yeah. I was um, for real. That's not- yeah. Because the thing is, I was really lucky with commercials, but yet I had tons of school loans. I put myself through school and. I, you know, just living in LA is expensive. And yeah. so I was I was in debt mostly because of college. And I went to New York and I remember I didn't have enough money to, we, we had a fancy dinner. And with like, everybody was assigned a, a waiter. Like it, like it was just like one of these, like, you know, it was on, on the producers. Like it was, like, you know, I'm at this giant table with these movie stars, legitimate movie stars. And I'm going, oh my God. And then I had to get a cab back to the hotel and I didn't have enough money. I remember the producer giving me some money so I could get to the hotel. Or like clothes barely even. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, like, wear and no. Like, yeah. And so it was kind of a, a crazy thing to be like 
thrown into that and being like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm making a movie. By the end of it, I you know it was probably three months, so I was able to save up a little yeah. bit. But um, I mean, I was still in debt because college really gets you. I, I mean, I could talk a lot about how I feel. I don't know how I feel about college, honestly. <laughs> That's a I, lo- I needed it because I needed to grow up, but I think that um, yeah. I really do take your money. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Welcome to art school. Yeah, yeah. right? So when you were doing your your solo show, I, I remember, I don't know if this was on the first run or not, when Ricky would come up. Yeah, and bring the house down when you guys would play a song or two. Well, that was kind of, the, that was like a, I I noticed the shift that happened because Ricky and I started writing songs right around the time of me doing my solo show. So like uh-huh. we we were friends for about a year prior to writing and then the, the uh, writer's strike happened and acting work just went away for a while. And so Ricky in that time wrote a short mm-hmm. and then she's like, I wanna make this a musical. And we were friends and she came to see my show at the Steve Allen and then she was like, maybe we could write some songs together for this musical I'm making. And so we wrote a couple songs in a day and then she put them on YouTube uh, so that her parents could see them. And this is like early days of YouTube, so early I didn't YouTube, even realize yeah. that like, oh, anybody could see them. And it wasn't a private like thing. And so I remember being mortified. Like I was like, wait, people can see the songs that we just put up for your parents? Oh gosh. But then I went to New York to do one in Rome and Ricky, meanwhile, went to Africa to shoot Last House on the Left. And I remember her coming back from that shoot and I was still in New York and she called me and she was like, people are watching yeah. these videos. And I was like, really? And then we realized, like, maybe we should do more songs. And so so probably a year later, we started performing. And then Ricky became a guest on my show. And that was just a way for us to keep getting stage time. And we were playing all around L.A. eventually. And then that, you know, led to us touring and having a TV show and stuff. Well, the Garfunkel, I mean, you guys have been working and, and becoming friends and coming up with material. But the, but the Garfunkel Notes thing did seem to kind of happen overnight a little bit. I mean, it the way the way that you were getting into the, like the Montreal Film Festival or a comedy festival yeah. and getting, you know, kind of headlining certain places that, you know, comics have been working on for for their whole careers and it I remember reading about you a little bit cuz I was so excited for you guys like it was always like this female comedy duo. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of I don't know, not to make it like political in this climate that we're all kind of talking about nowadays but it's like I just thought that was interesting that you were branded as a female group yeah in this male dominated kind of raunchy world but everything like seemed to click like I okay my point is is like I never like saw you girls as like a girl <laughs> like yeah, girls I, mean, I don't know it's like we did like either. I why mean, it's like it's not like why is this a thing like that they're female well and that's the question like we always go what's it like to be a female in comedy and you're like why are you asking you know it's like it's 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 just a uh, people have that kind of they have to label it's a the female, girls as a female duo. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I never once, in fact, like we're talking about it now, but I never once was like, oh, we are a female comedy. We're like we're, we're just making funny songs. We, or we, at least we hope they're funny. <laughs> we try. But like, yeah, it, I mean, that did, it was really a lot, I think, about the right place and the right time. We, there, I don't know that there were many other musical acts. At, I mean, Flight of the Concords was, was like having their, they're probably, I think their show maybe was still on the air when we started, but I don't know that there were many um, musical acts at that time. And so I think we were just something a little different. And I don't know what it was, but just like the universe kind of like, it just 
pushed us in a good way. Like, like I, because there were many times where I was like, wait, do I want to be singing these dirty songs? And then the universe yeah. would send a sign where I was like, I think this is the right thing. This just is happening and it feels right. And yeah. and I will say that the comedy community, like the UCB world, and um, yeah. like Scott Ackerman had a comedy death rate at the time, then comedy bang bang, and he was so welcoming. And, you know, and like all... All the comics really were just, at, at, from what I could tell. I'm, you know, I'm sure not. I didn't meet all of them, but everybody was like, "Hey, you know, yeah, do you want to be on the show? Great!" Like, so I don't just, know if LA has a great re- reputation for a comedy town, like maybe Chicago or even New York does. But I think it, it's pretty. Sh- I mean, at this point, especially with UCB, it's it's really. So you, you were just welcomed with open arms, and for I mean, the the material you guys were writing was just so original and insane, and and plus. The talent that you and Ricky bring. I mean, you're you're a classically trained pianist. You grew up playing yeah, and, piano. And Ricky's classically trained uh, flautist. Flautist? So, is that I what mean, you yeah, want to say? Yeah, I guess that's how you say it. I don't know, flute player? You're a, but, a pianist and a flautist. Yeah, but I, I think that was a thing also. Like, it's like these... people, like you said, it felt overnight, but it was in the sense of us joining forces. It seemed to happen pretty quickly, but we had been doing this for so long individually yeah. that we were, we were better prepared than if we hadn't like we had been trained in music the way we rehearse the way we practice is like very similar and those sensibilities lined up really really well so there was just something that happened where I was like oh this feels right and so when we did start performing there I mean believe me our first show I mean our first year of performing was super clunky we didn't find our groove as a duo in the sense of like just conversation for it it's it's a hard thing to figure out and we were just going on stages two times a night, three times a night, just trying and seeing what worked. And and I think that luckily it just kind of was, it was a really, really fun. It was, whenever there was a, a bump in the road, the next day there was something that was like, oh wait, no, we're still going, this is great. You know, and it was like things, we just honestly, again, going back to like the not knowing what we were doing sort of was helpful. Yeah. You know, we were just like, oh, this is cool, cool. Yeah. Which has like been your whole experience in LA so far. It's just kind of been like, I don't know any better. I kind of just got here. This just, it sounds fun. And these people seem nice. And I'm just going to do this. And it just seemed like you were embraced because you're you. I don't know. I I don't know. It definitely hasn't always been easy. There have been so many times where it's really, really hard. But I, I don't know. I've always just remained hopeful, I think. But, but, and then also, Ricky and I both were acting when we, when we started doing songs, we had been acting for, you know, Ricky probably for five or six years, maybe me for like three or four. So yeah. we had we had ex- a little bit of experience under our belt in that sense, you know. It, and, yeah, it just kind of worked. It wasn't like we were brand, brand new, no, you know. No, no. Yeah. We were sort of new. <laughs> so this is, I'm just, I know this is like turning into a day in your life or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm just because it was like so nice to reminisce, and so like wh- this was probably around like 2007. Eight. Or- well, 2007 was when I started doing playing with Makuchi. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, no 2008. I started performing on stage in 2007, and then 2008 was the show. Ricky and I started writing songs in 2008. We started performing like. September of 2008. I, I see all of this in a very clear picture in my brain. I can see the like the dates and the times, you know. So uh, yeah, I I it was about that. Then we started touring in like later of 2009, and then touring just was like 
we really got to see the country, which was awesome. And other places, we went to Australia and. Um, and it seemed like talking to you during during some of that, it's like you you learn about yourself, almost like how to be in a not a codependent relationship. That sounds horrible, but, but like, like to be a partner, be a partner, yeah, with somebody, and you know. Business, platonic, of course, but, but, but like it's sort of very similar to a romantic relationship in the sense that you you're responsible for another person, yeah. and especially when you're traveling and you are each other's uh, anchor. When you and thank God, I don't know how comics. You do guys it on are their own. so opposite, so yin and yang. I mean, just from the way you look, but yep. also your personalities, and you just you. I know you taught her so much. I'm sure, and I and vice and versa. Totally, I've learned so. Much. I mean, so it's like a coming of age story almost. It's you guys, kind of, yeah. When you put it that way, it's kind of. Uh, amazing and like I don't want to sound cheesy but like it is a beautiful kind of like relationship because we do we do balance each other out in the, Ricky's strengths uh are a lot of my weaknesses and I think vice versa like for example um you know like like Ricky's actually really shy in, in ways where like if we're in a cab I'll just talk and talk to whoever. <laughs> but then Ricky will be like, um, I think the air conditioning is yeah. a little bit too cold. Can you can you tell him? And I'm like, oh, excuse me, sir. Can you uh, turn down the air conditioning? You know, so like even just in those little tiny life moments that like, you know, in the scheme of things yeah. don't matter. But like we, we really do balance each other out in a really good way. And and for me, it was, I, I had never been in a real relationship before Ricky. And so like, I mean, not, I'm not saying, you know, but just like. Yeah. The idea of checking in or being mindful of my calendar and sharing that and going, okay, well, let's plan. Like, I, it took me, it was a huge learning curve because I just was just cruising before that. Like, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want. And then it was like, oh, wait, we're building this thing together. I need to be responsible for that. And so I learned so much. I always said it was like training wheels for, for like a real relationship. But um, I'm, I feel like I have learned a lot of things from Garfunkel and Oates. And, and thank goodness we travel really well together and we, we have – a lot of fun like touring is so fun we haven't done it in a while because we've been very busy doing our own well, stuff there's so many stories from your Garfunkel Notes days but like did you ever just get on stage and be like what the like were you just especially a little bit early on like yeah because you're not a seasoned perf stage performer you're, never, you're not in a band like you don't you're not you haven't been on the comedy circuit for however many years you, you guys were playing like huge shows we like yeah we i think the what the came from just like the sometimes we'd play big you know like on like certain um festivals and you'd yeah. have like a thousand people there and you'd be like whoa and and it's like <laughs> it's like cool but i don't know like whatever it was like the spirit of performing like we just were excited like we didn't there was never uh fear i mean i remember the first time we did the tonight show uh that was like, oh my God, we, but again, like no fear. We wrote a Christmas song to be yeah. played on The Tonight Show. We had never played it perfectly once yet. Uh, we went on live television to try to figure out how to f get the song right and hope hopes it went well. Like it was uh, amazing. Like today, I don't think we would do that. But at the time it was just like, yeah, I think we got it enough. We, we practiced. We, I think we'll get it. Sure, <laughs> yeah. let's go on live TV. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what you just you just have to do it. I mean, usually when anybody really asks me to be in a show or create a piece, I always say yes. Yeah. And then I kind of go home and freaking like freak out. But you always just kind of have to be like, mm -hmm. because I, we're doing what we want to do. And so you have to like take take it. <laughs> yeah. I thrive on assignment. I don't know if you're like me, but yeah. like if I'm given an assignment, I'm yeah. like, okay, I know what I need to do. I've yeah. always been that way. I 
I kind of sometimes need someone to. No, it's hard to get up in the morning and be creative throughout your whole day and like write stuff or paint stuff or if you don't, you know, if it's just, if you're posting on Instagram, I guess that's that's some sort of you know uh, barometer of feedback, I guess. But like, you really do need like a. I definitely need some sort of goal, like some sort of, I don't know, something that I'm doing. You yeah. Know, plan. Uh, oftentimes, like with the last few art shows I've done, I've just been like, I'm going to put a date in the books. I'm going to book it with the gallery and then I'm going to have to make stuff. Like, here I go. Well, I like working that way. Well, let's fast forward. Wait, we'll, we'll, we'll retreat back. But I know you just did an art show at Gallery 1988. Yep. Yeah. That was my second one with those guys. I love Jensen, who runs that gallery. And you're just so amazing. You, you donate the proceeds to. Yeah, this one was for Toys for Tots because it was around Christmas that's just, time. That's so cool. Thank yeah. you. That. Well, I I haven't figured out as an artist how to really make money. Like whenever I have an art show, I've usually like broken even or lost a little bit of money. Yeah, tell me about it. Materials and everything yeah. else, you know. And so uh, I was like, you know what? With whatever I do make, I'm gonna just donate it to charity. And you know, it's it's not like a huge amount, but it's still a good chunk, you know, and like, yeah. and I'm like, I'd rather, it makes me feel better. And I think people get excited to be like, oh, I'm, this is a good cause. And I get a, a little cartoon, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to make a lot of money with art just yet. <laughs> so I'm still <laughs> figuring that out. <laughs> I went to your first one. It was you so did. Packed. Oh my God. I, again, didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just booked a room and then I was like, uh, like I was mobbed. It was mobbed. It was pretty fun. But then I was like, oh, I was like, I should have a photo booth and I should have a band or, you know, a DJ. And like, you know, after all those expenses, like that feel like a wedding or something, then yeah. I, I was definitely uh, in debt after that one. <laughs> but that's fine. It was still a fun time. It was a good time. Well, congrats. Thanks. Yeah, this last one at Gallery 1988 sold out and that was cool. And I did some bigger pieces, which was fun. And um, I think, though, I think me as an artist right now, it's my big challenge is I'm my, like my New Year's resolution this year is to say no and make stuff because it's really easy to get lost in just like yeah. all of the fun things that pop up or, you know, even just social things or whatever. I just realized I need to create that space so that I can make things. Otherwise, I'm it's really difficult to. But the cool thing this year, Ricky and I are actually we're writing a lot. We've been um, trying to write more Garfunkel Note songs, which is so much fun. And uh, yeah, you, know. you guys have always been so topical. Now is like it's the golden age of topical, you know, news. It is, but it's also very daunting because it's, it's ever changing. So it's like, well, what if we write a song about this, and then it might just, it you know, might, every every, every day, new thing. Yeah. yeah, every day is some like a bombshell. Mm -hmm. So, but you, yeah, you girls got to stay on it. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you guys are still working on it. Yeah. I, I, it feels good. how busy you both are. And, well, um, yeah, Ricky's uh, show, Another Period, season three, just premiered two nights ago. And um, and I was, I, I just did two movies over the summer and then one in the fall. So, like, we've been really, you know, we, we've been lucky to have our own stuff happening, but then it's really been fun coming to together back, and actually get the like back together. I would yeah, to start playing around town would be really fun. I you think. should. Yeah. Oh good. I was gonna ask you because I'm just kinda wondering and yeah. you guys are legends now. So and we, you have to bring it back. We talk every day. Like we're it's okay. definitely like we we are such good friends that like she knows everything that's up with me and I I know what's up with her but as far as writing it's always just been like, well, okay, I'm working on this, you're working on this, but it's been really fun to 
to come together again on that stuff. We'll see. We'll. I mean, I don't know. We don't even have one song finished. <laughs> we have a lot of yeah, right. a lot of you songs. Guys will do. You guys will get yeah. together for like three hours and write ten songs. You'd and- think it, it was like that in the beginning, but we spend we'll spend weeks months on a song just yeah. to get it right like i think we spent like four months on writing the loophole which is um one of our um songs that made my parents upset yeah but, uh, that was provocative yeah it was but it, i'm really in the video to the boot song. yeah the video and was- that that's kind of blown over since with with the parentals or yeah i think they don't realize- usually bring it up like at thanksgiving dinner but it's no no <laughs> we don't talk about it but i think they saw that you know, actually, we a lot of opportunity came from that song. So I think they realized that it was all fine. And I I think they were worried I was changed in some way. Well, you guys went from doing these YouTube couch videos to, like, videos yeah. for a TV show, right? And, then, and Well, those were just for fun, actually. The loophole was just for fun. Because I don't think we could have ever done that on TV. I mean, I know we couldn't have. Um, but, yeah, I think that... You know, my parents realize that I'm still the same person. That I'm, you know, even though <laughs> now it sounds it sounds like a, a therapy. Well, I'm still the same person. I just made a song about, you know, yeah, anal sex. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so let's backtrack a bit. Backtrack. Um, all the while, you're just. So you're kind of skating by in LA, you know, you're, you're in these apartments in Hollywood, yeah. kind of like doing that whole, like, like I lived, uh, like the Fairfax Melrose area where yeah. I feel like everybody, you, I remember right. you lived over there. I, it's, it's just kind of a, right. yeah. you land there. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. I was I lo- it's to, my favorite neighborhood. I was talking to Judd Trichter, a, f- a former guest about that, about the neighborhood and about the, all the old Ukrainian Jews. And, and that was like my favorite neighborhood I've lived in. And um, that's even changed so much. Like Fairfax kind of is crazy. Now, yeah. Yeah. It's cool though. I like we it. We used to go to Cantor's in the yeah. room and well, I mean, at least that's still there. Thank goodness. <laughs> if, that, if that has to stay right. It will. That's the thing about LA is like it. All of the buildings change so quickly. Like even just a facade will change a thing. You know, it's know. like the, the building remains the same, but they put up a whole new front. I know we were just in San Francisco over the holidays, and uh, oh, you know, everybody's so up in arms about San Francisco. And I guess the culture has changed a lot up there, but everything kind of still looks the same. There's some new buildings, yeah. but I'm like, y'all need to come down to LA. Like you won't even recognize it. Like yeah. I used to live in Venice Beach. It just doesn't look anything like that anymore. It's or crazy. go over, yeah, go over to the Melrose area. It doesn't. Go to downtown. Since we've lived there, here, which is a long time in the sense of life. Yeah. Yeah, it's changed a whole lot. And, I mean, okay, so here's this. It's I Hate LA, and, of course, you can't have – I'm sure traffic comes up all the time. But that's the one thing I've noticed that's just gotten so much worse. It's why I'm doing a podcast because I'm addicted addicted to podcasts now because now I live in the Valley, and it takes me – it used to take me, like, 20 minutes to get everywhere, and now it takes me an hour. Yeah. So if I don't have a podcast queued up, I'm, like, so crabby in the car. But now I just kind of – well, I don't love traffic, but I do love podcasts. So <laughs> I hope that whoever's listening to this in their car right now, that you're having a good drive yeah. and that moving and that you're not just sitting there. But you're probably not moving, but at least, you know, got some, uh, yeah. hopefully, a quality podcast to listen to. <laughs> hopefully you're enjoying it, <laughs> the five of you out there. Um, but yeah, it's just becoming like 500,000 people a year, they say, are moving here. The graph, I was looking at a like a, 
graph the other day of just p- people who moved here and how it's spiked in the past few years. It's insane. I it guess, was yeah. pretty mellow for a while. And, <laughs> and if the economy keeps ticking upwards, it's just going to only be big because this is yeah. where the jobs are. This is kind of the 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 mecca of what where people want to do and all different, not just entertainment, but all sectors. Yeah. And yeah, you have to kind of be in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine living in any other city. I mean, I love New York so much and I, I really do love spending time there and I I would love to spend more time there too. So. Well, yeah. I mean, do you see yourself here? Do you, do you see yourself like having children here? I always picture see? myself here first and then yeah. like hopefully like New York more often than before, but still, uh, yeah. Like I, here. This yeah. is home base. Yeah, this is home. This I can't imagine. I mean, also. You don't want to go live on a farm in Montana. I would go crazy. Yeah, I just am not too. built for that. Um, even when I go home to Pennsylvania, it's pretty and people are so nice, but I yeah. I can't I can't stay well, that's there. Well, yeah, it's it's never been a question though. I don't think I've ever once, not once, have I thought about leaving LA Good. since the day I landed here. But I, uh, yeah, I just felt like it was just the, the right place for me. I don't um, know about us. Really? Yeah. Well, we've been t- talking about it. Where would you go? No idea. I mean, we're up. Uh, you know, like Northern California always has had this super romantic kind of vibe to us and and there's certain things that we want to do up there but it's more expensive than down here you know and it's like just not sure how we're going to swing it but I love Mexico yeah wow and as an artist I want to like figure out how to live there two or three months out of the year and like do workshops and paint Um, or possibly somewhere even more exotic like Europe Um, the cool thing about with what you do and I mean I think let me know if I'm wrong but like you can kind of you you can do it anywhere. Like for me, I I have different studios. Like like with voiceover, I have to be in town yeah. most of the time. Yeah. But you can take your work for six months and go somewhere else, right? Like kind, not really. No, you have to be here. Well, I've been talking about this with other people too. It's like there's something about LA's light. I was just back. Yeah, your your work especially. Well, I was just like back east, and I was like, I I'm, I'm having a hard time like painting these trees and. I don't like them. They're too old. And um, just everywhere I've been lately, I just can't see it. Um, even Northern California, I'm like, it's just a little bit different. I've been just been painting this like dingy haze for so many years now. I find, I find that I'm finally understanding it better. And I'm p- becoming obsessed with these palm trees that have like that beard on them. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I love those. You know, with the, you know, I don't even know what they're called. I like it. I know what you're talking about, the palm tree beard. The palm tree undercarriage beard. Um, I just love those right now, and I've been painting those nonstop. And so um, I'm sure once I settled in somewhere else, I would find a muse, and I would become obsessed with painting whatever was there. But um, yeah, there's just something about LA that, that keeps me here. I mean, my patrons are here. My students are here. Yeah. The whole kind of... I have developed a career as a California artist. Well, that's, I will say, and I, I, you're, you are truly one of my favorite painters and I'm not just saying this because we're here right now. (laughs) I mean, you know, I have a bunch of your work at my house and I just love, I love what you're saying. The light, I love California light. I love that it's like this yellow orange for half the day. You're like, why isn't it blue? But like you, you capture in a way that it's just like, it's LA. It's Cal. It's 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 where we live. It's home. And so I don't know. You're. I get it. Where I can't. It'd be very interesting to watch you paint somewhere else and or see what you were. Making. Well, I want to give it a shot, but yeah, and I, I feel the same way. And yeah, we'll see. Yeah, 
see. Having kids has is, is been different. You know, it, it does make you think along those lines of like, are we going to live here forever and how expensive it is? And But, you know, our our girl's in a great school up here. And I don't know. It's working out. but And we have the our house. Yeah. So. And your house is awesome. Your house is, is like one of your paintings. It's like it is. It's kind of like bringing the art to life. And we were just talking like just the, how the light hits the pool and just um, it feels good. It feels right right yeah. now. I, I have this daydream for my hometown of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, because it's it's this beautiful Victorian town. Like the, the main street is just, you know, these amazing buildings and a town square. And in the fall and in the spring, it's like, wow, and in the snow. But then it's also, you know, cold for a lot of the time too. But uh, but it's it it's a beautiful old town that was built in 1740 originally. Oh, wow. And I mean, not all the buildings are that old, of course, but I like I could see like I'm like this could be an artist town like if if yeah. if if New York if people got pushed out far enough it's about 90 minutes from the city I'm like what if people <laughs> just went to Nazareth it could I, I could I, see like, that it's my like dream for that town I don't know if that would ever happen I don't know how you would ever make it happen but like you know you can buy a really awesome house for you know what we pay in in sure rent or whatever yeah our car exactly. And it, it would just, I always think, oh, man, I wish I wish this was an artist town. It would be so neat. Maybe. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, where else could you go? It's, it's so difficult in New York now, Brooklyn, and certainly San Francisco is, there's nobody. I, I don't yeah. know any artists that still live there, well, one or two, but really. So, yeah, it's, and L.A. seems to still have space. Like, you could still get space. Yeah. It's expensive. There's a premium on it. But you could kind of figure out how to get space here still. Yeah, whether it's an extra York room or, or even San a garage. Francisco, it's way cheaper. There's no space there. Yeah. You and, and artists do need space. They need they need functional space to work, but light. you also kind of need space to breathe. And yeah. then um, it helps to have some like minded um people around too. And and LA seems to be really f- forging those sort of opportunities for younger artists to move here. So I think the LA art scene is really promising. Um, but yeah, will it get the, the, the rental market in this town is so insane. It's there's crazy. There's nothing available. Um, I don't know how we're talking about our stories about how we moved here. I don't know how you move to Venice beach. Now, if you're 22 years old, you don't, you can't. And have- and I think, yeah, I mean, I think about what, uh, you know, it was 20 years ago, so rent is different, but it's spiked so much. Well, compared to the wages earned and yeah, it's, it doesn't everything, make sense. no, the inflation rate is, is, is it doesn't compute at all. So we, I mean, I, I remember I was able to live, you know, I was still dirt poor, but I was able to live yeah. while being dirt poor. Like, okay. Yeah. Know, my like, brother and I had a $1,500 a month, two bedroom and had two parking spaces. It was cute. And it was like on third in rows. It was yeah. like right there. And we would just kind of walk everywhere. You and we never... kind of thought it was expensive a little yeah. bit. We were kind of like uh, like I thought LA was cheaper than San Francisco. Well, it is, but I don't know. You kind of, but nowadays, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but I guess kids are figuring it out. I don't know. I hope they are. Yeah. Or it's like LA keeps spreading out even more than it is. Yeah, that's true too. And certainly, like the whole East Side is being developed and infiltrated and. I don't know how to even explain it because I'm kind of torn about some of those older Hispanic communities being gentrified by artists. Um, you know, I'll I'll just say that you know I hope it kind of works out for all sides. I, I don't know I don't know how to 
justify, you know, white kids basically moving into those communities and doing their work. But I don't know. It's just it's it's a tough one. Yeah, but I could see where that where it's going. It's already happened big time in Highland Park and. And, you know, Eagle Rock in those areas. So overall, is that a good thing? I mean, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. I, hope so. I mean, and also the architecture out that way is so, like, when I look at, I love looking at Zillow and, and Redfin and all these housing. And the, there's so many cool, like, yeah. out yeah. toward that way. These houses just get really, I mean, well, you know what it is? No, I'm sorry. It's the houses that I'm looking at in the lower price range that I can go, oh, you can get a better house out that way. That's oh, yeah. what it is. Because there's move, so many cool houses in LA. You can move to El Sereno. I don't know if yeah. they want you there, but we looked over there and uh, yeah, it seems cool. I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's I won't comment any further on that, but it, yeah. it's something that's going on in all major cities. So, and it's, and it, it's difficult for artistic people with artistic sensibilities that are like trying to go a different route. You know, there's no one right way to do it and you have to hustle. And so, and also, I mean, the other thing, when you're an artist, you have to find the space that you can create in. And I, for a long time lived in a loft uh, on Melrose and it was awesome and tall ceilings and felt really good in there. And I made a ton of stuff in there. And then, moved to a tiny like bungalow but I always wanted a pool had a bungalow with a pool <laughs> but the bungalow didn't have tall ceilings and it was yeah. kind of set in a hill and, and the light wasn't great yeah. and I didn't feel as uh I couldn't function like I, I did in the loft Our, and I know exactly so it's what you're like saying you, so it, as an artist you have to be so aware of that too and sometimes you don't really know until you're actually in the space yeah. for a while to go this isn't right for me we're hypersensitive to our surroundings I know yeah. if like a plant is in the wrong place in my house it just makes me feel crazy it really mm-hmm. does and I need the light to be right and I need everything I'm not a neat freak at all but I need things to aesthetically look correct yeah here and there and then yeah we were looking at like these craftsman houses uh, on the east side and they all have these little like built-in nooks and stuff awesome can't put paintings anywhere though like they're all just like like i wanted this big ranch so yeah that's of course what we got yeah i think i i'm really one of the things one of the reasons I can't move back to Pennsylvania is I'm really sensitive to the seasons too, which is I think totally. the same thing. Like, are you freezing today or what? Uh, yeah, well, more, more so uh, emotionally. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, here I feel fine because you get you get more light, but like, or you know, in the warmth, I I really would get depressed in the winter. Yeah, and it, I was maybe 19 when I realized it because yeah. I was like, oh wait, and so you know, moving out here is really good for that kind of thing where you're totally. like, I'm not stuck anymore. Oh, totally. Yeah, I can't imagine it anymore. Even just going back up to San Francisco over the holidays, I was freezing. Yeah, I was just there last weekend and I had to go buy gloves and people made fun of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was like, that's okay, I'm at least warmer. Well, let's keep backtracking. Um, I, You know, what's been like your... The gig that everybody brings up, like, is it Scrubs? Is it Big Bang? For a Bang? long time, it was Scrubs because that was kind of the first time I got to be on a big show that was known. I got there toward the end of it, and um, and I. Yeah, got to I'm going to digress songs. though. You are the only actor that I've ever met. I don't know if this is typical because I don't think it is. Where you show up and the producer or the writers or whoever just say, "I just want." her like whatever she d- she's playing <laughs> ukulele she's just kind of doing her thing let's just write her in doing that like I, how, does that that doesn't happen to other performers i don't i don't know it I, i've never really and it's happened to you on like your a whole shows, movie yeah. i just watched unleashed with um sean austin and yeah and, and 
And uh, um, it's I'll I'll just give unleashed a little bit of a plug because I'm really proud of this sweet movie. movie. It's yeah. a romantic comedy. It's on Netflix, and uh, I play a girl who's unlucky in love, and then my dog and my cat turn into men, and then they fight over me. And so, <laughs> if you're looking for a fun romantic comedy to watch on a weekend, I I highly recommend you're the it. you're the lead. Yeah, and you it, it's not you, but it's certainly. Your songs are in it. Yeah. Your illustrations are in it. Yeah. Your, it's you. It is. And so did they just say, like, did they write it for you? They didn't, but they. it was an offer. I didn't have to audition. And I remember I got a phone call that they, you have an offer to be in this romantic comedy mm-hmm. to be the lead. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> and um, and then when I talked to the director, you know, I he, he was just like, I saw, he had seen a video of me on YouTube talking about my sculptures that I made a few years ago. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. He's like, I saw that video and I thought, you're you're this character, you're Emma. And I, and I found that out later, he told me. But um, he was like, let's incorporate, he's like, I like your songs, can we put them in the movie? And I was like, sure. And and then I, uh, I was drawing a ton, even though it's funny, I, I was just, when you get to do, do a movie, it's sort of a vacation, even though I was busy yeah. every day and I was in nearly every scene. Uh, I had time to draw, because it's not like, the thing about when you're in L.A., I might have a session here at 10 o'clock and then a session at 2 o'clock, so you have like a little bit of time in between, but it's not enough time to actually do something substantial. So it's like, when you're on a movie, you're just in one place all day long. And so there was time to draw, and I drew every crew member and every cast member I made everyone a, a little painting, and by the end of it, I just had my room was full of paints. That's it was so, so fun, cute. but yeah. Then so they put some of them in the in the movie, and yeah, I just uh, that was just a lucky thing where they they knew of me and asked me to do it, and I I it was one of the best times ever. So that you similarly you you were playing the ukulele and and having that kind of character in Scrubs, and yeah, that was I auditioned for a different part. And then Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, he said, I saw some of your videos online on YouTube. Like I had a song called Dear Deer, which is a, and it's a video of me like chasing this little boy dressed like a deer. And uh, and he was like, do you think you could write some songs? Oh, and he had seen the Garfunkel Notes song. It's called, can we swear on this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, It's called Fuck You. And he said, can we maybe use that song for one of the storylines that I want to write? You know, it it all just kind of happened. I mean, I'm sure it was, it just seemed like it happened maybe, but. Uh, I remember calling Ricky and saying, they want to use one of our songs. Is it cool? And she was like, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was cool because I sang that song with um, the guy. It was Ted the Lawyer. Uh, uh-huh. His name is Sam. And so, uh, and then that brought more people to Garfunkel Notes at yeah. a time where we were just starting. So it was kind of a nice little storm where it went, ding, oh, people know about us here and there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I That was cool. And I, a bunch of shows I've been on, I've gotten to play music and um, or just like do my thing a little bit. And, and but Scrubs you, was the first. And time. I know you've been doing a lot of voiceover. And is that the kind of work? Did you ever think you were gonna, like, as a kid watching cartoons and stuff? Would you ever think like, you know, I could do that? I I, I didn't think it when I was a kid, but maybe when I was. Uh, just going into college, I was really getting into making puppets, and I liked doing voices. And I was really shy. I'd never thought I'd be an yeah. on-camera performer. And I thought, oh, but a way I can get around that is I could do voiceover. I wouldn't have to be seen yeah. on camera, but I can I can do my thing. And so when I first moved to LA, I read a book called The Art of Voice Acting, and <laughs> I took a I could only afford to take one class with like this voiceover yeah. instructor. And then you know I just couldn't keep that up. And then later, really started to audition I think I auditioned for four or five years with voiceover pretty consistently and yeah. didn't get one job because it's so hard to break into but my agents are just so nice I, I'm still with the same agents and they were like just stick with it stick with it and they yeah. believed in me and then I got one show a Disney show called Motor City which was such a cool show yeah and um 
and it only lasted one season, but it's so awesome. I don't know if it's it can, can be found anywhere, but it, it's just a really cool, like, it's, you know, cars, and uh-huh. it, it was awesome. And uh, then that led me to getting more jobs, and now I'm on, f- I think, four cartoons as a regular right now. But I do Scooby-Doo. I'm Velma on Scooby-Doo. Uh-huh. And I'm, Drew what, loves it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah I, it's fun. And then uh, I do Webby. On the new Ducktales, which is pretty awesome, and I'm I Daisy. Seen and, that. I see. Oh, it's so Cute. good! If yeah. you're a fan of the old one, or even if you're not, they they really do oh, a good job classic. of classic number one cartoon. It ever. really yeah. you won't be disappointed because all of the fans who were fans of the original, I think, yeah. were really oh. worried that this was going to like be different, and instead, it's like they're like, yes, this is like. So what we wanted more. have this whole subgenre of fans now too from that. I'm sure. I guess so. I don't. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I they write on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, back. yeah. Uh, and then I'm on a show called Nature Cat, which is on PBS. Oh, really? So sweet. Yeah, yeah I played I've seen that. Daisy the Bunny, and um, I'm on a new show that just premiered a few weeks ago called Unikitty, which is based on the character from the Lego Movie. I played Doctor Fox on that, so those are the ones I'm regulars on, and then I jump around with a bunch of other shows, Steven Universe, and um, so it must be hard work, or is it is it the kind of work that you love to do? It seems, it seems like um, it just seems like it would be really challenging to just just to prepare for for that and to go in there and it's a lot. I mean, it us. is exhausting. Yeah, you know, and and because you put yourself, at least I do, I put myself in that scene, so yeah. I'm visualizing it as it happens as like character, you know, yeah. and. So so uh, it's like mentally draining. You leave a session, I feel tired, but you know, but you can do two sessions in a day, or you know, it is it's work. It's definitely work, but it's really fun. It's super fun, and and I love all the people I get to work with, like voiceover actors and and the people on the other side of it too. There, it's just a really great community. So you see yourself continuing with that, and yeah. then getting uh, Garfunkel notes back on the road, and possibly moving into a house with much. T- uh, Taller ceilings, yep, and sticking around <laughs> LA, and I'm sure doing more films and TV, and just just keep going. I mean, is there is there yeah. something is there something where you're like, okay, well, I want to direct, I want to, I, I want to. Is there big goals in the, or you just kind of keep flying by the seat of your pants, or I constantly feel like I'm flying by the seat of my <laughs> pants, but I never feel like I'm really in control of anything. But I. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly making things uh-huh. every day, and that's just been the same since I was. Of course, two, you know, but I, I think that's just how I'm sure you're the same way. You can't, yeah, you're can't. not. If you're not making something, then if if I, if I haven't made something in my day, then I don't feel like it was a real day. Uh, yeah, I feel the same. So yeah, I mean, I'm always working on different projects. I have a couple things that are, um, I probably shouldn't talk about, but uh, but yeah, I'm always just I'm I'm definitely I have some bigger things that I'm writing, working on. It's been exciting. It's like it's really, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then you know, and then you just always hope that you get that cool call or audition because every once in a while, I'll just knock on wood. You yeah. Know, and you're like, Wait, how did that just happen? And now I'm in Italy. Like yeah. that happened literally. I I like got a phone call. I met with the director, and like a week later, I was shooting a movie in Italy, and I was oh, playing yeah. a what nun. Was that movie? Yeah. It's called The Little Hours. Yeah. And it's. It was a dream because I have a nun collection. I'm right. really into nuns. And uh, there I, saw, I was. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is so perfect. Yeah, it was I just a dream. Watched Ingrid goes west. Isn't that a great movie? Yeah, Aubrey it is Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, it's, she's amazing, and I, I really that her and Elizabeth Olsen is mm-hmm. so perfect. I don't know why that movie wasn't bigger. I don't. know. I know. I don't it's either. One of my it was such a great movie. Of the year. And I would say too, it, it's one of those that really makes you think afterward about oh, social yeah. media. So 
whenever a movie gets you to go, wait, should I even go on yeah. Instagram right now? I could take a break. Like that's that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that must have been just incredible to shoot. I know you guys were shooting in like real um, Tuscany. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> it was awesome, and it was with so many of my favorite actors. People yeah. like like Molly Shannon, who I you know is like a, a hero to me. Like you know, I watch SNL all the time. I have since I was ten. So. Uh, to you know, be doing. Oh my god, I'm so I can't think of her name right now. But I just remembered after watching Unleashed that we were in Trader Joe's in our old neighborhood, and we saw that actress who's in Unleashed, who's in Good. Ileana Douglas. Yeah, and you saw her. I'm so sorry, I don't know her name. I forgot her name. And you saw her, and and you go, I wish I could maybe I could have a career like hers one day. That's. I'm, I totally forgot. You are just reminding me of this. Yes, I've always. I tell Ellie on on that because like she just. I grew up. Not grew up. I knew of her really to die for was like. And then I went backwards because like Goodfellas and stuff yeah. like that. But like I didn't watch that when it first came out. But yeah, she is so cool and so. Aww. Just one that of was the such a greatest. treat to see her in that. I was like, yeah, oh. we really became friends on I'm that sure. movie, and um, yeah, but we knew each other before that. Actually, we met at the Independent Spirit Awards a few years ago, and then I did her web series, and then we became friends. So yeah, I that's right. I forgot we saw her at Trader Joe's. Yeah. I totally. And forgot. you were starstruck. Yeah, and I was. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But mm-hmm. I, the cool thing, so Ileana is such a like wonderful, just loving, wonderful. I just she's the best, yeah. and she called me one day and she was like, "Hey, I'm getting rid of." a bunch of clothes would you do you want what? to try so there I was I and I wore uh, like a skirt that she wore in Cape Fear I wore in a movie I just did and so I was like I'm wearing your Cape Fear skirt you know uh, so yeah she's God. very she's very awesome so you're gonna just keep keep going just just flying by the seat of your pants style yep. obviously there's things in the works stuff to look for I gotta ca- I gotta get caught up in all of your movies and projects I mean I can't oh don't even worry about it it's that's the thing now there's everybody's making cool stuff it's, it's a really lot of hard cool to keep stuff. Track. <laughs> I so I I conclude with all my guests um, on your ideal day in LA what would it be? You know what's so funny? Okay, so the cl- the acting class that we were in, Stephanie yeah. Fury's class, that was, I don't know if you remember the very first assignment. It was, what's your perfect day? Not L.A., but your perfect day. And um, this is before I had ever really had a boyfriend. So when I did my perfect day, I it's sort of <laughs> kind of still the same, but, like, everybody else's perfect day was, like, I wake up in the morning, this is beautiful man, this beautiful woman, and, and we just make love for now. And I was like, wait, oh, that was not in my perfect day. Like, I, I, I remember going, I didn't even know that could be in my perfect day because my perfect day started with making pancakes with my roommate <laughs> um, and then flying a kite at the beach. But that still sounds amazing. Yeah, um, that's why everybody loves you because it's just true. You're like, yeah, no. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, yeah, I'm like, I remember sitting through a lot of other perfect days in class right. and going, oh. Smoke a bowl. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even cross my mind. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, like you were saying, there's a magic that happens where some days on a random Tuesday, all yeah. of a sudden you have this happened, that happened, you yeah. run into this person, you see this show, and then this happens. Like, just yeah. I've had those days where they were so unexpected. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's – you, you go to bed and going, I can't believe all of that happened in one day. And that was amazing. But okay, so I would say it starts with, well, um, 
This is going to sound so lame. Maybe I sound old now. I've been walking a lot. Maybe it starts with a nice walk. A just walk. <laughs> a morning walk. A morning walk. That sounds After so After some boring. tea. I have a dog now, and it's really fun to walk her. Um, but yeah, tea is always a no perfect day. I drink tea. That's all I drink. I don't really drink coffee. Um, and I would say it has to be, I would see a really great music show, because yeah. of course there's so many. I saw St. Vincent last night. Um, yeah, I love her. But... Uh, yeah, I would, you know, like, it's weird. This also probably says that I'm a workaholic. Like, part of my perfect day is, yeah. like, maybe me having yeah, a great on, writing session yeah, with Ricky. Like, in course. my mind, I'm like, that's a great day. Yeah. Um, and swimming, because that's the amazing thing about L.A. is you can swim any time of year if you have a pool heater. Uh, and what else? I, yeah, I think you end with a show and then, like, maybe going to, like, Fred 62 and having, like, a milkshake <laughs> and a chicken soup. yeah. <laughs> they have really good chicken soup <laughs> <laughs> well Kate thanks for coming in thanks for having me Scott it's really this is awesome I oh. feel like we got to catch up a bit or at least reminisce a ton <laughs> yeah perfect. and whoever is still in their car I'm sorry you'll be there soon yeah <laughs> we'll talk soon sounds great alright guys that was the latest episode of I Hate LA be sure to like us and comment in iTunes I know it's kind of you know just like click it five stars if you want leave a comment just helps grow the show and special shout out thanks so much to my boy Brandon at Hoofcase that's H-O-O-F-C-A-S-E dot com if you need help branding if you need help with your website if you need some graphic design help if you're starting a company give him a holler go to his website email him He's the best. He helps me with everything. He's helped me with my site. Look him up, Brandon. That's hoofcase.com. Enjoy this episode. Rate it. Do all that kind of stuff. Um, drop me an email from scottyeskel.com. You will see the contact page. Just let me know how you like the show. If anybody you know you think you might want to be on the show, drop me a line. And hope you enjoy the episode. And I will see you next time. <laughs>